The Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. The sermonette this evening is going to focus especially on verses 13 and 14 of the Gospel. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governing Syria, and everyone went to register, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the town of Nazareth, into Judea, to the town of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was from the house and family line of David. He went to be registered with Mary, his wife, who was pledged to him in marriage and was expecting a child. And so it was that while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. There were in the same country shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior was born for you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude from the heavenly army, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward mankind. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Now let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they told others the message they had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed by what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The Gospel of our Lord. The Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude from the heavenly army, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. Goodwill toward mankind. The Gospel of our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Glory to God in the highest, the army of angels says. Not just glory, but glory in the highest. All right, so what is it that compels this army of angels on Christmas night to lift up not just glory to God, but glory in the highest. Where are we finding this highest glory? Well, at the beginning of the story, we meet newlyweds who are making a journey. How much glory do we find in this young couple? We've got Joseph, who's a carpenter. There's a blue-collar guy. And his wife, Mary, apparently... Of a lowly, common young lady, so not much glory to speak of in this young couple. Well, what about the two towns that they're traveling between? Maybe we'll find some glory there. They're leaving Nazareth, 
which is a backwater in the northern part of Israel. And they're traveling down to Bethlehem, which is sort of a, a mid-sized town in the breadbasket in the south, but neither one of these places exactly ranks up there with like Paris or Shanghai for a, a gleaming metropolis, so we don't find much glory there. All right, what about the reason that they're making this journey from dusty Nazareth to little Bethlehem? The reason they're making the journey is to register to be taxed. When is the last time you looked at paying taxes as a glorious opportunity, a glorious activity? There isn't much glory there either. When they arrive in that little town of Bethlehem to register to be taxed, they're turned away from the inn and they wind up out in the fields. And it's there during the night that Mary gives birth to her son, wraps him in claws, and lays him in a manger. So we don't even get like the glory of natural daylight. It happens under the cover of darkness that this young lady, Mary, lays her baby in a feeding trough. Not really much gleaming glory there either. All right, and other than Mary and Joseph, who are the first people in this world to find out about the birth of the baby Jesus? Do the shepherds go and announce his birth in a royal palace or a luxury marketplace or even the town square? No, the shepherds in the fields are the first to hear of Jesus' birth. Understand that in the view of that society, shepherds were way down there on the social ladder. People looked at shepherds and they thought, yeah, and the smelly and unwashed field-dwelling shepherds, gross. It's to them that the angels go and proclaim glory to God in the highest. When they say that, we still have to ask, what glory? Why are you saying that? Where is this glory that rises up to God? And not just glory, but glory in the highest. Well, it is definitely hidden but it is there. In the first place, there is a reason that this young couple is traveling specifically to the town of Bethlehem to register for this tax. Luke tells us he, Joseph, was from the house and family line of David. Now you see, for centuries, the Lord had been sending prophets promising a savior to the people of Israel. As these prophets came, the centuries were unraveling, the prophets came and they slowly revealed little details about who this Savior would be and what he would do. And one of the details that the prophets revealed about this Savior was that he was going to come from the family of the great King David and he was going to be born in David's own hometown of Bethlehem. So now we start to see the glory breaking through. The prophets also said that this promised Savior, this Messiah, would be born of a virgin, a human being born of a virgin, but also true God, conceived by the Holy Spirit. And so, when St. Luke records Jesus' birth, he very specifically and deliberately says, she gave birth to her firstborn son. Notice it's not their firstborn son. It's not Joseph's firstborn son, and normally in that culture, the man, the father of the child, would be the focus. But no, it's just her firstborn son. So you see, the glory is subtle, 
But it is unmistakable, Luke is confirming that this is the Savior who was promised to be born of a virgin. Now we can head back out to the fields where the angels announce his birth to the shepherds. And the angels, well, they definitely confirm there's plenty of humility on this night. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. You can't get much more humble than that. But this is where Christmas turns and where the mind of God twirls and spins everything upside down on its head because God delights to hide his highest glory under the deepest humility. And so those angels also say to the shepherds, today in the town of David, a Savior was born for you. He is Christ the Lord. So yes, it happened in a small town under the cover of darkness. And yes, he was born to unremarkable parents and his birth was announced to lowly shepherds out in a field. But this is the Savior who was promised from the family of King David to be born right there in Bethlehem. This is the Savior who was promised to be born of a virgin. And this is the Savior, those shepherds out in the field that night, the Savior of you and me, and the Savior of every human being in this world. He has come to rescue. He has come to save all people from the curse of sin and the eternal condemnation that we deserve for that sin. He has come as a human being like us, born of a virgin, to live for us and to die for us. But he has also come as the Son of God, conceived by the Holy Spirit, to live perfectly for us and to make his death on the cross count to wash away every sin of every human being of all time. He is the Savior God had been promising ever since the Garden of Eden. And now, in that manger, on that night, God's salvation had arrived. And that is glory. And it's not just glory, it's glory to God in the highest. On Christmas night, God the Father gets the glory of loving this world and proving it by sending his Son to save us. Jesus Christ, he gets the glory of loving us and coming into this world to do that saving work. God the Holy Spirit, he gets the glory of using this good news of Jesus to call us to faith in him, make that salvation our own. And so, you and I, we get glory on Christmas night too. We get the glory of having our sins forgiven. We get the glory of promise, life, with God forever in the kingdom of heaven. Christmas is all humility on the surface. But when you look beneath the surface, there is glory everywhere. Because on that night, God's salvation arrived in Bethlehem. And that is glory, glory in the highest. So the angels praise God and they do not hold back. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward mankind. This was not just a night to give glory to God, but glory in the highest. Christmas is glory wrapped up in humility. And so, by the way, is the life of a Christian, a person who trusts in Jesus for that salvation. 
When you leave here tonight, when you wake up tomorrow morning and wake up every morning through the new year, remember what we see on Christmas. That God loves to wrap up his glory in very humble-looking things. Are you a humble, ordinary, everyday kind of person? Are you the kind of person that when you walk out your front door in the morning, your neighbors don't even notice you're alive? Or maybe they do, but they think, ah, that's nobody. That's just a regular person. Are you the kind of person who doesn't exactly turn heads with your good looks or raise eyebrows with your wealth? Well, if that's you, as it is me, then I have really good news for you tonight. Not only has God sent his son to take your sins away and give you the promise of heaven, but until you reach the kingdom of heaven, you are uniquely qualified to give glory to God in this world and not just glory, glory in the highest. Because Christmas shows us that God loves to wrap his greatest glory in the deepest humility. So if you are a humble, ordinary, everyday person, God has you right where he wants you to give him glory in the highest. No matter how the world sees you, no matter how the people of this world view you, Give glory to God in your life. Give glory to God by doing his will in everything that you think and say and do. Give glory to God in the highest with your whole life, remembering this beautiful truth of Christmas. It might have been in a small town. It may have been to everyday parents and announced to shepherds in the field under the cover of darkness. But it was glory to God in the highest. Because Jesus came to save us, to bring us peace and goodwill from God. Glory to God in the highest on this night and in our lives always. Amen.